We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. As always, I'm here with Jason Pat. Jason, still not much going on with the Bulls, but the finals are trending toward their conclusion. The Denver Nuggets go up 2-1 to one with a decisive victory in Game 3 over the Miami Heat. Twin triple-doubles for Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray, who were just incredible. Some great Christian Brown minutes off the bench. And as that series... Uh, plays out finishes up you have the nba draft coming up at the end of june the bulls do not have a pick in that two weeks from today two weeks from today exciting stuff uh will be interesting to see you know do the bulls try to get in the draft buy a pick at some point trade for a pick at some point they certainly could use a young cost-controlled talent on the roster but doesn't make much sense for us to talk about the draft, given that the Bulls currently don't have a pick. And then we'll have free agency. Free agency will start on June 30th when teams can begin agreeing to deals. I believe those deals cannot become official until June 6th, or I'm sorry, July 6th. Uh, The big one for the Bulls is Nikola Vucevic. Reportedly, they have already begun discussions with him on a contract extension, uh, potentially in the ballpark of three years. Jace, it's uh, something we've been talking about the whole season. What are they going to do with Vooch? What are they going to do with this team? And while there haven't been too many rumors besides for Vooch lately, uh, it's setting up, I think, for another disappointing offseason just based (laughs) on reading some of the tea leaves around the team right now. Yeah, uh, yeah. Was you look at some of like look at the roster right now? Let's just I guess looking at the salary cap table here. Um, obviously, you got Zach at forty million for next year. Demar twenty eight point six. Obviously, got Lonzo's twenty million. Uh, Patrick Williams, Alex Caruso, Andre Drummond. Who a bit of news, uh, Bulls news is Andre Drummond. Really, see what went on. I believe it was the I am an athlete podcast and said that he plans on opting in. That is three point three six million. 
Uh, and I believe shortly after that, I can't remember where exactly it was reported or it said, but it sounds like Derek Jones Jr. also plans on opting in to that same exact $3.36 million. So that's two more guys there planning on opting in. Obviously, that mean, I believe the Bulls can still like trade these guys if they really wanted to, but um, not sure what you'd really get for them. But uh, and then you got Dale and Terry under contract. Um, he's I was going to year two, did not play much in year one. And I know so a lot of people uh, after Chris, Christian uh, – Christian Brown, not Christian Braun. I always say Christian Braun in my head when I see it. It's Christian Brown uh, from Kansas had this huge game with Denver. And uh, he went, what, three picks after Dale and Terry? Was it? Is that right? Uh, I know a lot of people last night were uh, harping on that and how the, whatever the Bulls made a mistake taking Dale and Terry. Dale and Terry's young player. I, I know he barely played. Um, it's easy to say that kind of stuff now. Uh, it is strange that the Bulls took a very raw prospect who couldn't shoot, uh, but that seems to be their MO, uh, considering they did the same thing with Patrick Williams, very similar kind of, obviously different players, but similar profile in terms of raw, can't shoot, but like toolsy. We'll see about Dale and Terry. He's just a rookie. A lot of time left that. I want to say that's a failed pick, but I know uh, just seeing that, what happened last night with Christian Brown scoring, what, 15 points, 7 of 8 shooting, whatever he had. A great game in the finals on a big stage like that. And Dale and Terry didn't feel like he scored 15 points all season. Uh, we'll see. Maybe he'll take a leap in year two. And then uh, you see, we got Karlik Jones and Marco Simonovic on non-guaranteed deals. Um, Karlik Jones did some, I think, was he like G League MVP? I feel like he won something. I can't remember exactly what it is, but he like a yeah, really he nice year in the G. Yeah, in the G League. You wonder if they give him a shot. I don't know. And then Marco, we, we've obviously talked about. We don't want him back. But um, And then we got, you got Vooch. We got Kobe uh, as key free agents. Javante Green's also a free agent. Um, Io's a free agent. Uh, we have Justin Lewis, who's towards ACL, who could, uh, who's on what? Was he on a two-way deal, I think? Uh, I, yeah. I'm sure they'd like to see him back in the novice. And, of course, Patrick Beverly, also a free agent. But, uh, I mean, the way things are trending, it does seem like, they want to bring back Vooch. We'll see if that happens. If that's three years, I would hope that third year is a whatever non-guarantee team option, partial guarantee, something like that. Um, I don't want to give him. Like I, said, I wouldn't give him that much more than uh, I know. Matt, friendly Bulls blogger, uh, has said like no more than the MLE, and I think like that's where the Bulls should probably start negotiations. I bet Vooch isn't going for that, but I'm sure he'd want something around eighteen to twenty million per year. I know the tough thing is whatever you, if you let him walk uh you can't just necessarily replace him because then the bulls only have the mid-level uh there's the bird rights trap thing that steph no steph no wrote a big thing about vooch over at sporting news uh good read through that just about the whole situation and uh with vooch there um i hesitant to give vooch a lot of money i hesitant to sing a lot of money on these veteran guys with this core um but it does seem like they want at least they're talking about bringing it back kobe We'll also see about him. I know John Hollinger kind of put out like a free agency value board today at the athletic uh, had Kobe. I think like it was like 15 to 18 million around there. I think his valuation had like 18 million, but projected more than 15 million. But if you bring back Kobe at that number, you bring back Vooch too. uh, And whatever, you kind of have all these other guys, you're kind of looking at your full rotation being the same thing from last year. Uh, And, but, but then you're also, over the you're going to be pushing up the against the luxury tax. So are they willing to whatever, use the mid-level to, and go into the tax history says no, but like if they are going to whatever, if they believe in this core and whatever, they're going to bring back all these guys. I, they have to spend at least something to try to get some help and change the roster a little bit. They cannot, 
go into the in the next season with the same the same rotation, like the same main rotation. They just can't do it. Uh, and like Casey Johnson at NBC Sports Chicago today wrote like, a, well, what if the Bulls run it back? Like, how are they going to get better? And it was like, Pat gets better. Kobe like takes the starting point guards by the uh, by the horns. And then I can't remember what the third one was. I have to read that. But it, it was basically the same thing as last year. Pat gets better. Uh, the point guard situation, someone steps up. One of the young guys steps up and then whatever you hope for. Uh, oh, the third one was basically the big three play better together and like play better offensively. And it's like, if you're going to bring the whole roster back, like I feel like it's hard. I think it's kind of underrated how this past season, how all three of those guys did have really good individual seasons and they stayed very healthy. Are we, can we expect that again? They barely missed any time. They all did shoot, like shoot really well, efficient efficiency wise, but just the team around them was not construction constructed well. And just as a group, they just did not, performed that well as a team overall the super mid called in the mid three whatever so it's like you just can't do the same thing and if they are going to bring all three guys back they have to we talked about it with stefano on our what was that our last pod like they have to cycle in some new guys on the roster but like if if drummond is back and like Derek jones jr is back and all these other guys are basically back like what's going to be different about this team so it's i don't know it's just kind of weird again i think whatever even if drummond and jones opt in i think they could trade and they do want to cycle out. And I feel like this is a situation where, like, I, I both those guys in a vacuum, solid players, like Drummond on the, just above the minimum is a pretty good value given what he is as a backup center. Derek Jones Jr. on just above the minimum, nice energy guy. Again, it's the problem, as we've talked about, is just there's just so many of these guys on the roster that are energy, non-shooting guys. And it, we know they just need to add more shooting on this roster, uh, especially we've seen the Miami Heat. I know Jimmy and Bam are obviously on a different level, but, like, using variance and sh- that shooting variance to kind of make up for any of the other flaws they have. And the bulls can't do that. And when their big three isn't good enough either, that just means like th- there's just like not much upside there to make any type of deep playoff run, even with some talent there. So it's like, how are they going to change this roster is a big question right now. And a lot of it seems to be trending towards, they're not really going to do that much to change it, especially if they're not willing to spend. So, so yeah, Ricky, the hell are they going to do? Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the health point, Jason, because last year, Vooch, 82 games played. Patrick Williams, 82 games played. Zach Levine, 77 games played. DeMar DeRozan, 74. And even Caruso, who felt like he was in and out of the lineup, he played 67, which is probably about as many as you can reasonably expect Caruso to play, uh, you know, as he turns 29 this season, I believe. So, Yeah, Will Gottlieb had a good tweet about the Bulls cap situation. And essentially, the team is capped out just by bringing everyone back. Now, we've gone over the cap situation here a couple times. I was under the impression that they would still be able to use about, you know, $8 million of their mid-level exception uh, before they hit the luxury tax to add a free agent this year. So we'll see, like, exactly how those numbers shake out. It's mostly going to be determined by... You know what Vooch gets an extension, Kobe gets an extension. But the only way out of this for the Bulls is to make trades. And I think last year they couldn't trade Jones because he had this player option at the end of it. Uh, Does that sound right to you, Jason? I know like when guys sign like the one and ones, I believe they have like a veto, I I think, over trades. I don't know if it's they can't trade them. I think it's just like the player can veto it if possible. I'm like I said, I'm not totally well-versed in some of these CBA rules. And there's all these new CBA rules coming too that seem to be just very anti-player. 
Uh, I know a lot of people have been ripping the players association for like all these rules, like the, the hard cap stuff and the second apron stuff that's coming again. I don't know if we really have to worry about ourselves with the bulls about that because they don't ever come close to going, getting salary that high, but uh, there's going to be some new stuff to learn, but yeah, in terms of that specifically, I am not totally sure if that was it, but I'm almost positive that if even if those guys opt in and they can be traded now, Okay, well, the point is they got to they got to trade some of these guys. Yeah, like, right. They got to cycle in some new guys. You know, there's there's no reason why they should bring back the exact same roster. The team very obviously is a critical flaw in terms of volume shooting around DeRozan, Levine, and Vucevic. So, if it means you got to let go of Vooch to even have a little bit of wiggle room to sign a shooter, if it means you got to trade Vooch to try to get a shooter, even though you won't have a center, I think that if they're going to keep DeRozan and Levine together, they just need to surround them with shooting. And it's a very simple, obvious strategy that the team has chosen to completely ignore. And they're not going to have the salary cap flexibility to, uh, you know, change change that in free agency. So I think it's got to be done by trades. Karnaschovas has shown some creativity in trades before. Remember, he was able to add Lonzo able to add Caruso and DeRozan while being over the cap. Now the price of that was, you know, trading a 2025 first round pick uh, to get DeMar when he was a free agent. That was just an absolutely horrendous move. Acquiring DeMar was wonderful, but the fact that they could not figure out how to get him without giving up another first round pick, I mean, really is, is just about a fireable offense when you combine it with the Vooch trade for AK, uh, and, you know, what What really bums me out, though, Jace, is I think that the Bulls believe they're not far away. Yeah. Because they only aspire to make the playoffs. And I think they would have given themselves a huge pat on the back if they could have gotten into the postseason this year. They were right there with the Heat in crunch time of the play-in tournament game. The fact that the Heat have gone on this great round of the NBA Finals probably hints to the Bulls that they're not far away from potentially you know, making some noise with this core. But like you said, they're going to, like, just to give themselves a chance, they would really need to add volume shooting. And they can't really do it in free agency. So they have to make trades. It has to be on Karnashovas to recognize that what he's built hasn't worked, that his plan to build this team and to just let them grow and think they'll get better year over year together. Well, that plan isn't good enough because we've already seen them regress. We've already seen them lose a key piece in Lonzo, who's going to miss his third consecutive season. I mean, give me a fucking break with that type of injury. Uh, So, you know what his original plan, he needs to alter it. (laughs) And continuity is not good enough. We saw this year the continuity wasn't good enough. If they go the continuity route again, it is again not going to be good enough. And I'll tell you what's going to happen next year, Jace. The Bulls may start out the year looking a little bit better. The Bulls may get some hotter shooting or find a way to, to win some of these games early. But I find it very unlikely that Vooch, Levine, and DeRozan are all going to be as durable as they were last year. I find it very unlikely that Vooch is going to be able to replicate his shooting percentages from yep. last year. He's pointed out in this podcast numerous times. An outlier. He was really on fire from like as a mid-range shooter, was better as a three-point shooter. Uh, that type of stuff tends to happen in a contract year, Jason. And I'm not willing to bet that it's going to happen again. And the, the thing I just keep coming back to is like, is this time to trade Zach? Because... 
20, you know, 28 turns 29 during the year. Uh, locked into contract certainty during a time when, you know, players like Jalen Brown, uh, a lot of other guys who are going to be approaching free agency in the next couple of years, like their contracts can be kind of scary with the way the cap is rising. And they, if they sign max extensions, they're going to get huge max extensions. Yeah. And given how wide open the league is, there's probably a lot of teams that can talk themselves into, okay, if we get Zach Levine, maybe we can make a serious push to try to get in the finals. Miami's not that good. You look at the West. Who are you really scared of in the West? Denver. But then after Denver, I mean, obviously the Grizzlies have some major question marks hanging over them. The Lakers went to the conference finals, but they're old. Uh, they're not improving. It doesn't seem like unless they add a major talent. See what the Suns do. Suns have a lot of question marks too. Obviously, like uh, they have huge health concerns as well. So, yeah, man. I mean, we've been talking about it. It's it just seems like we're just talking in circles. (laughs) But you know, how would you feel about a Zach trade? What what's your what's your overall take on a Zach trade? What would you be looking for in a Zach trade? and is this even a pointless discussion because there's no chance it happens? So yeah. So first of all, to even lead into this, I'm going to go back to the heat here. And I mentioned this in a, uh, this, this will lead into the Zach trade, like blowing it up and whatever you want to call it. Um, ha- mentioned this in a uh, Twitter, our Twitter group DM here. And just like watching the heat and like how, whatever the bulls almost beat them. They had them on the ropes and now they're in the finals. And it does kind of feel like the bulls probably from based on what AK has said, based on what the team is like, whatever his vision or whatever it's they kind of want to be with the heat were like whatever before they got jimmy the heat like they refused to like straight up tank they tried to they tried to like stay in the middle and then they, they figured they would use the miami selling point and they'd end up getting another star they did they got whatever the sixers were stupid they did not want to trade jimmy or pay jimmy that full whatever five-year max uh Dwayne wade apparently uh, we hear about it every fucking day now when Dwayne Wade was in Chicago, told Jimmy that he needed to go Miami at some point. Dwayne Wade, double agent, you motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> Jimmy gets asked about it like every day now. It's really annoying. But uh, so Jimmy goes to Miami and they basically turned that he were dead. I mean, if you don't remember it, like 2015, 2016, like that team was so mid, had a bunch of bad, co- like just mediocre contracts. And then Jimmy bails them out. They draft Bam and Bam becomes an all-star level thief defensive player of their caliber and then they whatever add all the shooting around them you have a great coach eric spolcher it seems like the bulls are like hoping just whatever stay mid enough stay kind of where they're at and then hopefully they can look into a star it's not the worst plan in the world again tanking isn't always the answer i'm not a big fan of tanking if you i understand the idea of building a team whatever that is at least competitive and then if you do get the right breaks you can turn that into a, a championship contender which the heat have been They've made the finals twice. They've been in the, they were a shot away from the a third finals. Even if they haven't won one with Jimmy, they have basically been a finals, a championship contender for his time there. Of course, the problem is the Bulls don't have anybody as good as Jimmy is. Uh, they're two, two of their main core guys are aging. The Heat have a much younger guy. I mean, the Bulls do have Zach, but the Heat have Bam. And then they don't, the Bulls don't have the shooting. They don't have like the development infrastructure. They do not have. One of the best coaches, arguably of all time at this point, in Eric Spolstra. And they just don't have the Miami allure. Uh, I know Chicago's a big market, but that really hasn't made a difference. So, like, following, they just way less room for error there if they're trying to follow this path. Leading into the Zach Levine thing. Again, it does not seem like they're going to trade him, but you never know. There were some rumors. 
Uh, maybe AK isn't actually a big fan of him. I don't know. They gave him the five-year max, but that was always the right thing to do. Again, you can give the guy the max and trade him later. So if they're looking to trade him now, again, I'm not totally sure if they're going to, but uh, I mean, I feel like if you're going to trade Zach, you probably need to trade everybody and just not. Uh, I feel like it'd be weird to like move forward with like Demar and Fooch as like your two main core guys, so, like, depending on what you're getting back for Zach. But assuming you are trading Zach to rebuild, I mean, again, I think you do have to look at uh whatever some of the other star trades whatever you think of zach i mean he's probably not quite on the level of donovan mitchell but like again we've talked about like De- the Dejounte murray trade package like at least that uh multiple draft picks you got to get like a young a promising young player in there but the question is i mean what does the I, i'm curious what the league views zach as like he is statistically just a great scorer uh, one of the most efficient scores in the league, but like in terms of impact, it's never quite been there. Like his the on off stuff has like never really been that, that positive for him. We know he is the defensive stuff. He's gotten better, but he's still not great. He's not a great decision maker crunch time. Like he can get crunch buckets, but like, he's also again, decision-making is just, you can't totally trust him in crunch time. So like, what is, what is a team value that when he's on a, whatever, $250 million contract, are they willing to give up that much? Maybe they are. Again, if a team is close, maybe a team is like, hey, they get desperate and like, we have a bunch of draft capital here. We got some young players here. We'll throw you a giant Zach Levine trade offer. If there is a giant Zach Levine trade offer on the table, I think you'd have to think about it. Uh, The Bulls just aren't in a position where they can't can't be like shooting down everything just because they want to run with this run with this core. Like you just can't be totally locked into this where you're not willing to pivot at all. Um, although it seems like they probably don't want to do this. But again, if someone puts some giant fucking godfather offer on the table, you probably need to take it. I mean, you've talked about stuff. We've talked about the number three pick. We've talked about like if Orlando throws out their two lottery picks there and maybe some uh, one of their young, one or two of their young guys. Um, like that's certainly, I think, close to value, some d- good value for Zach. Um, so yeah, I'm not like gung-ho on trading. I don't think they have to do it. I don't certainly wouldn't want to sell i mean at this point you're probably selling decently high he's got a ton of team control he was very good the second half of the season he basically won you um the play-in game against the raptors yes he was very bad in the heat game uh but i mean it happens guys have bad games which is very ill-timed but he was very good the second half of the year he looked healthy uh we'll see i don't know we'll we'll see how the health holds up but it's just a tough situation because i like zach he's gotten a lot better um he's helped at least kind of saved the Jimmy trade from, from being a like total complete fucking debacle to just a debacle. Um, so yeah, where are you? It seems like you are really talking yourself into like, they need to do this. I just sort of think it might be the only way to really improve the team because in addition to the Vooch extension coming down, you also have, I mean, DeMar could be extended to the DeRozan extension. And like, what are they going to do with that? So I would be, you know, more in favor of trading DeRozan than Levine. Uh, but I just don't see how they can keep running this back and thinking it's actually going to make them <laughs> a team that can, you know, win a series, win two series in the playoffs. And if they were to trade Zach, I do think they'd be selling pretty high. Crazy. Can you believe we're sitting here at the end of the year talking about them selling high on Zach? 
because the beginning of the season was so treacherous with his knee. He just yeah. did not look explosive. What didn't he sit out the second game of the year for basically load management? I think he missed the first the game. Whole, after he had the whole offseason off. I think so he missed the first game of the year. <laughs> he he ended he ended the season pretty strong. Yeah, so absolutely. Uh and really he didn't just end the season strong. He was good from like December on, essentially. Yeah. So um yeah, I've just been thinking about like, you know, if you were to do a Zach Levine trade, what do you want? Okay, so I want minimum three first round picks. Like, that's what I want. Just a lot of picks because that's what they didn't get in the Jimmy trade. In the Jimmy trade, they did not net a single pick because they included the number 16 pick to get the Timberwolves number seven pick, which ended up being Markinen. Uh, And as I've been thinking about, you know, potentially a deal with Portland, they could get you back number three. I just don't think that's realistic. Uh, yeah, but like, you no know, trades like that, like you're just not coming out ahead on a surplus of picks, especially because you're still down one with the DeRozan deal in 2025. Jace, it's all just so depressing. But at the end of the day, like Levine is a really good player. I don't think that he's a primary option on a good team. He's just not. We know this already. He's an yeah, off. There's a lot of history guy. on it now that he's, he's an off ball guy. And yeah. he's a really good off ball complimentary player. Yep. Put it this way. If the Nuggets had Levine in place of Jamal Murray, do you think the Nuggets are still this good? Probably not. I mean, they're different players, Murray and Levine. Murray is a little bit more of a point guard than Levine. Yeah. Murray, Murray mostly plays two guard. He plays two guard on uh, the Canadian team. He plays two. He played two guard in Kentucky. Um, But yeah, it's just like if they really want to like I mean, coming into this year, though, like, would we would we have said like, I mean, like putting like Murray and Zach together? Obviously, Murray had the ACL thing, but like, would you have said like Murray is that much better? I think we'd no, not at all. If you would ask me at the All Star break, who would you rather have, Murray or Zach? I probably would have taken Zach. But given the way Murray's played on the biggest stage, you got to just tip your cap to Murray. I mean, I've been someone who's doubted him a little bit from the time he was a prospect. Uh, that was my big concern with the Nuggets was, is Murray good enough to be the second best player? He's proving yes. Yeah. yeah, he's proven that he is. And basically, like, you face those doubts until you definitively answer the question. And the yeah. only thing that matters is the playoffs. And that's why when Levine had the big game in the play-in tournament, it was like, holy shit, this is actually Zach Levine's best game of his career because there were real stakes attached to yeah. it. And the majority of Zach's career has been games played without any stakes. So I still believe that Zach could potentially be one of the better players on the next very good Bulls team. But fuck, man. I mean, we're just talking about them running back a super mid team. You still have two more years of Lonzo making 20 million a year because he's got a player option at the end of it. We'll see if maybe they get some sort of relief from the league if he does medically retire. So I do wonder, we were, I know we were, this is another thing we were talking about was, there's the DPE, but we've mentioned how it might not want to use that in case they want to use the career ending, whatever relief exception that following year so they can get the 20 million off. Uh, and then there's but there's also the option of just straight up waving him now and stretching him. It would be stretched, what, 40 million, whatever much is left over five years. Is that right? Or it'd be whatever. Yeah, yeah right. Because there's 40 million left on his contract. Uh, and that'd be stretched over five years. Like, and so that would save you something. But like, again, I'm not totally sure about the rules. Like, can you do that and then get that career ending relief later? I'm not totally sure. Um, 
There are, like I said, there are some options there with them, which again, they have to do. Maybe they don't have to do anything with it. I, and we've talked again, if they, if they think that he won't play again, they probably just shouldn't do the disabled player exception because it would probably be the, uh, Doug Tonus, our guy was kind of explaining this recently that like, it probably would be better just like kind of say whatever with him this year. And then they get the 20 million off books the following year. And that would probably be more valuable because the team this year is probably just not going anywhere, but again, they could apply for the DP this year if they really wanted to and get 10 million. I think it's like 10 million uh, to use. Um, So, and the Alonzo thing is just obviously such a huge, huge issue with this roster right now, 20 million on the books for a guy that just can't play is is just a killer. And for, I know for all the criticism we have given the front office and a lot of it's warranted, like, that situation going to hell is just brutal for where they at where they're at. And they just need to figure out a way to pivot out of it. And I feel like just running it back is just not really the answer. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, the one way they could run it back, Jace, is to just add several volume shooters. Yeah. Around the mid three, which I love that nickname. Did Kevin come <laughs> up with that nickname? I or can't remember. <laughs> Whoever did, it's genius. Yeah. So if you like a couple volume shooters. A few, a few volume shooters, Jason. Steph said we need six. I loved that. I was like, well, realistically, you could add one or two. He's like, we need six. Okay, well, let's, let's, let's get like six. three. Get Marco away. There's at least one spot. Volume shooter. Javante, I love Javante. But again, if you're going to have like Drummond, if you're going to have Drummond like Drones and uh, whatever, Javante and Dalen, one of the, at least one or two of those guys probably shouldn't be here. I think Javante and Jones both got to go. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was. I said I like Derek Jones, but like if you're gonna have Drummond back, I just don't really know the point of having Jones there. I mean, and I guess he's your third center, but like, I'd rather no. Derek get, Jones has got to go. Yeah, I just rather have a shooter. Yeah, he's got to go, and Javante's got to go. I mean, the Bulls already ruined him. They ruined his knees. Yeah, who knows? He knows what's and, going on health wise with him. It's going to be tough to bring back Pat, but they, the problem is they have no salary cap flexibility and they won't go into the luxury. Right. They, they need to be able to, we'll see what, again, we'll see what happens with the Vooch with IO. I mean, I, I almost want, I almost think IO has to go to, and like, obviously I'm an IO guy. I'm wearing yeah. my Illinois shirt right now, but like IO just didn't show enough. Like maybe you, if you may, if he comes back like real cheap, maybe, but like, uh, again, just like the shooting thing. He just, the shooting didn't develop. He's just not like a natural three point shooter. So like, for an end of bench guy with if they're going to keep most of the rotation, they just can't have all these energy guys who can't shoot. And if like, if you have Dalen still uh, there who like, I mean, Dalen would then kind of slot into IO spot, I guess, as whatever energy guard who can't shoot. Uh, you just can't have too many of these guys. So they need to cycle out again. I don't, I don't know about six, but at least like three or four of these spots you need to replace with guys who can shoot the ball at least a little better and aren't afraid to take threes. Yeah. So, I mean, that's like the one path that I would be like, all right, if we're going to keep Zach and DeMar together, yeah. we're going to keep Caruso, we're going to keep Vooch, just surround them with shooters. Yeah. That would be okay. But can they realistically even do that? Because they have no Again, salary pay. cap flexibility. Gotta to pay. So, they need to be willing to pay. If they're going, if like AK is going to sell them on whatever, we think this, t- this core is good enough. Uh, to be good, we just need the right pieces around them. They have to be willing to pay, even if it's just like a little luxury tax. They need to be willing and, to use. They have the mid-level. They have the biannual. The apron is, I can't remember how high the apron is above this, 
the actual luxury tax itself, but they need to be willing to, need to be willing to use it. If but like again, history says they won't. Uh, Jace, he's got to make a trade. He hasn't made okay. any trades since he yeah. built the team, right. and that was something with Paxson too. That Paxson never made any trades, so he's got to make some trades. And I'm like worried. Like, does he does Karnaschovas even watch the rest of the league? Like, he sat out the last three transaction periods. Yeah. And then, like, what do you think DeRozan's getting is an extension? Because you look up the Bulls cap sheet and it really becomes uh, obvious, like, how much of a bargain DeRozan is. DeRozan could basically be making almost twice as much money as he's actually making. While Levine's making $40 million this year, DeRozan's going to be making twenty-seven. He's going to get a hefty raise. And I would prefer to trade DeMar over Zach. Maybe DeMar's got some value, too. I wouldn't mind trading both of them. Uh, but whatever, whatever they do, like once they lock in the raises for DeRozan and for Pat, like you are really tying yourself to a sub mediocre team with zero flexibility and no young talent you can develop on the roster. And again, what I actually think the the Bulls mindset on this is, is that we are pretty close to accomplishing our pathetic goal of making the playoffs. So to us, let's re-sign DeMar, let's lock in Pat. I wouldn't be surprised if they traded Pat. Maybe they're disappointed in him uh, because he's been one guy who hasn't really met expectations. But, you know, I wouldn't really want to trade Pat, even if you have to sign him to a $100 million contract. Like, he's the only forward on the roster. He proved to be a pretty good defensive player. He's one of the few upside plays you have left right now. (laughs) Yeah. So I just don't see, I don't really see what they can do, Jason, because DeRozan's going to get a big DeMar, okay, so DeMar, I'm looking at something here that says DeMar is eligible for like a four-year 180. I'm seeing some different numbers here. I'm seeing four 180. I'm seeing like four 155. Either way, I mean, that's whatever, 40 plus million, 40, around that, around 40 million a year, something like that. That's huge. And he's 33, 34. Like if you're giving both DeMar and Zach 40 million a year, like... That's crazy. I, I mean, people people are like going crazy over like the Celtics paying Tatum and Brown that much. But like those guys have been in the conference finals five times and they've been in the finals once. <laughs> Zach and DeMar have won one playoff game together. Like, And those guys are also both in their prime. DeMar is going to be 33, 34 years old. Like paying him 40 some million is like he's absolutely earned it. Like I think you would absolutely be like worth that in a vacuum to a team. But maybe I guess actually probably not if we're looking forward maybe like for the next couple of years but i don't know how long but like he's earned it with his play but in terms of like yeah future value there that's just rough especially for this bulls team uh so that's stuff and then with pat you mentioned the hundred million dollar contract uh keith smith over at spirec or whatever had written kind of was predicting um rookie extensions and pat is eligible for an extension on his rookie contract this year and he said five years 100 million 20 million a year which is like that's sticker shock absolutely for sure um, and I, I totally forgot that with the new CBA that you can give uh, non-max guys on the rookie extensions five years now. Um, but what would you think? Like five years, hundred million. That sounds like a lot for Pat, who has got better, still super young, but still like doesn't feel like he's enough of an impact guy overall. And like the box score stats aren't really there. Uh, the salary cap will be going up, and even so, even like whatever with. DeMar extension to like whatever, but the seller cap going up would help with that somewhat with the cap going up a lot with the new, whatever new CBA, new TV deals, all that kind of stuff. So with like the path thing, like the 20 million a year thing, 
all of a sudden with the new cap goes up, it's more like whatever, 12 to 15 in like the current climate. So it wouldn't be in terms of like percentage of the cap, not that horrible. So like the deal like sounds kind of fair. I'd, I'd, I'd be surprised if they did agree on something like that, I guess. I just don't know if he showed enough, but I, I mean, I know this front office, this was their first draft pick. They really believed in him. They, they I mean, they kind of stretched to pick him. Uh, they haven't really included him in trade rumors, allegedly, or in trade talks. Uh, so it seems like they really like him. And since he is such like, whatever, again, one of their few sources of up, upside right now, it would be, I would be surprised if they trade him. So like, it will be interesting. That is that will be kind of fascinating to see how those extension talks go and if there is a deal there. So what do you think? Do you think five hundred is ridiculous? Like no chance of doing that? Or like uh, sure? Like I think he could play into that if as long as he plays for a long time and with the cap going up. For how much? Again, Patrick Jason? Williams, five years, one hundred million. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Five years, hundred million. Uh, it's it sounds like a ton of money for a yeah. guy who cannot score fifteen points in a game. <laughs> How many times did he do that this year? Like he just a never has a big scoring game. Like yeah. his his flashes are like a good play, not a good game. But I would still keep him locked in because he's got good tools. He's already solid defensively. He shoots a good percentage from three. If he could quicken his release, he could potentially be a good volume shooter. Uh, so yeah, five years, hundred million, sure. I'm more worried about what you're going to give DeRozan. Yeah. I mean, would you? I mean, no, no way you can give him that four-year max extension, right? I've said I don't want to sink that kind of money in, but like, no. like maybe you give him like a two-year one, uh, but like four years for again a 33, 34 They're not even going to be able to fill out the rest of the roster if they do that. Yeah. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. That's, it's just, yeah, it's, we'll see. Um, I don't know if they'll do it. I mean, again, he's earned a pay raise. It just like can't come from the bulls. I feel like it just, I do think I, I, I am curious how his game will age. He is such like a master tactician with his footwork, but still like 
once that the athleticism goes like a little bit, like you do wonder, like, will he be able to create some of those advantages that he has? I mean, we've kind of seen Chris Paul now, like he's fallen off the last couple of years. He is also like 37 or 38. So DeMar's not quite there yet, but, uh, and like DeMar's game isn't totally built on athleticism, but like, if you can't get to his advantages and can't get to his spots as well, and like can't rise and fire over got defenders, like that's just going to make his tough shots tougher to hit. <laughs> moving forward and that that's what his game is like built around so paying him whatever 40 million a year going forward long term just is not good like if they gave him a short-term one fine i guess but a lot of it's just kind of like whatever it does see they seem just desperate again destined to kind of just like hang around 500 be an okay team and then they're gonna pray that they luck into something uh and again that's not the worst path to take because again tanking isn't always the answer tanking can often backfire a lot of teams have been bad for a long time and kind of tank and they stay bad and that's not fun either uh so like i understand the desire to just kind of stick with something that's okay and like you hope you get better but again the fact that Zbuch and Demar are older is a problem here and it's not like there's just not as much upside and again, the rest of the roster has been constructed so poorly that you have to at least do something different. At least start to show some more creativity, as you mentioned. <laughs> Add the damn shooting. We know how important that is in the NBA today. You just can't keep doing nothing with this team. You just can't keep saying, oh, continuity is going to save us. Like, there's been a lot of talk about whatever the Nuggets and continuity. Yeah, they have Nikola Jokic, who's fucking the best player in the world. Jamal Murray, all like, They've built their continuity through young draft picks who have grown with their organization. This Bulls continuity is nowhere close to that. They have older guys who are past their prime, and they don't really have much young talent that they're building. So, like, that that continuity argument does not work for this Bulls team. Like, they're just not going to get better because they've been together for a while. They have two guys, main core guys, on the back on the back end of their careers. Like, it doesn't work how, like, the Nuggets have, and even if you want to consider the Heat with some of their – continuity they still have better better players better top level players that's like this doesn't really work and just better coaching too so like i don't know man jason we've just had this discussion a thousand times yeah what are we doing we're just talking in circles right next time we do a podcast let's actually talk about something that the bulls did whether it's going (laughs) picking up a draft pick or we have like some actual free agency because we can just have the same discussion forever. We'll see what they do. They need to add shooting if they keep the mid yeah. three together. If not, break them up. Who cares? They're not I that see, good anyway. Yeah. They just were totally healthy and led you to a 41 season or whatever it was. So uh, we need some slop, is what we need. I know we're, we're going to be talking to our guy, Will Gottlieb, next week. Uh, we'll probably be talking all <laughs> about all this again, but uh, with some new people as well. But give us some slop. We need some new fresh slop in the next week that we can at least talk about. Uh, but yeah, anyways, let's wrap it up here. Since I am bringing up the heat and the nuggets, we kind of talked about it at the start here, but, um, it's been a pretty fun series so far. I know two of the games like haven't been that competitive, but the heat winning game two at least made things way more interesting yesterday. And the game was good for a half until the nuggets just kind of turned things on. And then we get Nicole Jokic and Jamal Murray, uh, two, tri- both getting triple doubles. Jokic first 30, 20, 10 game in, in finals history. Um, I mean, these two guys, just absolutely incredible. And even like, I mean, the game they lost, uh, it took the heat shooting 50% from three again. And the heat have just been on a ridiculous heater. The only chance the heat have to win games in the series, if they make whatever, 15 to 23 pointers, um, that's basically their only chance. Even if like yesterday, Jimmy played pretty well, but they didn't shoot him. And he wasn't transcendent and the heat did not make threes and they got their, and they lost by 15. So like, 
Uh, if they would have hit whatever 50% from three again, they could have, they would have been right there. But again, that's basically what it requires. We're just seeing how good the Nuggets are. The Nuggets lost by three in game two, despite the heat being ridiculous from three and Nuggets not playing quite their A game. I mean, they've gotten nothing from Michael Porter Jr. in this series, but Jokic has been so good. Murray's been so good that uh, it's just, it's, they are clearly the better team. They, like, I, mean, I guess it wouldn't surprise me that much if the Heat did win game three of game four. Uh, but I would, again, Nuggets, I think, in six at the very most. Uh, it would surprise me if it won seven. I'd be shocked if the Heat won. They just aren't as good. And the Nuggets, I mean, Jokic does, will not be denied. The numbers he's putting up, absolutely ridiculous. And Murray, as we've mentioned as well, playing at such a high level, playing off Jokic. Um, and Aaron Gordon's been playing pretty well. Um, they just It just seems like it's their time. And you've been on them all 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 playoffs i was i was losing faith in them during the season when they were kind of dicking around but it happens to these teams uh they go through these stretches where they just don't give a shit especially when they're whatever they're like way on top of the conference they go through lulls it happens in the regular season they've turned it on in these playoffs they've been almost immaculate the couple games they've lost again were like the suns uh they lost like one game to the timberwolves they lost two games of the suns were katie and booker were katie and booker and they were transcendent they lose this one crazy shooting game for the Heat in game two. We'll see if they lose any more. And they swept the Lakers. Uh, so, like, they looking like a well-oiled machine. Who do you think? Nuggets in five or Nuggets in six? Do you think the Heat win another game this series? Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if the Heat won game four. I wouldn't be shocked. We still haven't got, um, like, a huge really, it comes down game. to Murray. Yeah. It comes down to Murray. If yeah. they can take away Murray. It was game two, he was not great. Yeah, he had 18 points on 15 shots, and then he was just electric in game three. So I think if they can take away Murray, that uh, they definitely have a chance to win. Like, even in the first half yesterday, I felt like they were getting better shots than Denver. Like, they just always get such good shots, but then Denver hammered them in the third quarter, and from there it was a wrap. So uh, I picked Nuggets in five originally. I think Nuggets in five is still on the table. I loved Malone said after the game, he's like, we didn't come here to win one game. We came here to win two. I thought that was a dope quote. Uh, and yeah, Denver, it's like, if you win game four, you should be feeling very good about your chances to win the championship. If not, if you lose game four, then, you know, maybe this series is going seven. Uh, so I don't know, like, Probably Nuggets and six is the most likely outcome that the Heat get one more when Murray just has a bad game. But man, Murray is like, that dude just has, he has just so much confidence and he's so courageous. And uh, <laughs> he's just, you know, you can't bet against him as a big time I mean, playoff. He, he even just the is. Second, the second quarter, his reputation. Yeah. The second quarter yesterday, even the Heat were like looking to make a run. Crowd was going crazy. Uh, maybe they could have built themselves a little lead. Who knows if they would have won? But like Murray had answers for them multiple times in that second quarter when it looked like the Heat could have built some separation. And then, as you mentioned, third quarter, Nuggets just blow them out of the water, game over. Uh, so, yeah, him stepping up to not match Jokic, but to be that legit number two guy next to Jokic. If he keeps doing it, they win the title. It's going to happen. And with the Heat, I just feel like Jimmy's just not – quite himself so if he was i still don't think they would win the series but i would feel a bit better about them maybe pushing it uh it just doesn't seem like he's himself like finishing we know that he had the ankle injury in the second game and 
Like, we know he was ridiculous against the Bucks, and he's still been pretty good overall. He's had some great games. He's been pretty good, but like the shooting efficiency has been down. His finishing has been down. He just hasn't quite been like transcendent Jimmy in a bit now. And it just seemed, I would guess the ankle has been really limiting him and his pop uh, and it's athleticism, his athleticism and all that. I know like he's not like a super athlete, but we know how much he uses like his strength and just like uh, he probably needs that lower body and just like the pounding that he takes. So like if he's not all there with that ankle, uh, just not it, not being able to score around the rim as much, not being able to get to the free throw line as much, it's such a huge part of his game. Like that's not there for him. The Heat just aren't nearly as good, and especially again, not hitting threes either. And ba- like Bam has been awesome, generally awesome, but he was only seven to twenty-one yesterday. Again, so many missed bas- baskets around or missed shots around the rim. There's been so much talk about whatever the Nuggets' defense are they going to be good enough? Can Jokic kind of anchor their defense? And like it's been totally fine for the most part. Uh, the Heat have done next to nothing or in the paint and around the basket, so uh, they've held up pretty good there. And again, I think do think some of that is just. Jimmy not quite being himself. Bam always kind of has these games where he just boffs a lot, bunch of layups. We, we've seen it against the Bulls too, but yeah. And the, the Nuggets are just better. Like there's really no shame. For the, the, Heat are, the Heat are an eight seed. The Nuggets are a one seed. They were one of the best teams all year outside of a few holes. They have the best player in the world, best player in the series, clearly. So like no shame here. Uh, I, I would, I would I hope the Heat win at least another game just to at least make things more interesting. Uh, get a little we obviously would love to see more games and some more pressure filled games but it does seem like again it's the nuggets time uh for jo- joker to finally get that first one and it'll be a good story fun story for him finally get number one for murray to come back from his injuries uh to win that first his title as well and it's and be the nuggets first championship of all time this is their first time they're in the nba finals to get there and to win it all for first in franchise history it'd be a great story it'd be really cool and uh, they've had a lot of Michael, Michael Malone. You mentioned his soundbite. He's had great soundbites all playoffs. He's a real fe- feisty guy, that Michael Malone. So great story with the Nuggets. They are certainly not boring. Uh, and the TV ratings have actually been pretty good. Not that we care about that shit, but they've actually been pretty good. So at least it's nice to see that narrative kind of get sh- shut in the ass too. So we'll see. Game Game four is tomorrow night, Friday night. Uh, basically heat playing to save their season. We'll see what kind of how, what kind of performance they put forth. Maybe we do get a Jimmy, a transcendent game, one last transcendent Jimmy game. Uh, I'd love to see it, but not really counting on it. So we'll see, but Rick, you got anything else? We wrap it up. I think we wrap it up. All right. That's going to do it for us here on this episode of cash considerations, a Chicago bulls podcast. As always shout out to the blue Hour network as the NBA finals and the season wraps up. Uh, tons of great coverage has been all over this network all season. Uh, obviously, that will continue going into the offseason when slop season really picks up we get, with the draft and with free agency. It's always a fun time to talk. Uh, tons of great coverage will be all across the network. And, a co- of course, all the other great podcasts, non-NBA podcasts all across the network as well. For us here at Cash, please rate and review us. Give us those five-star ratings. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Bulls underscore J. Follow Ricky at SB underscore Ricky. Um, also, shout out to ClutchPoints.com, SBNation.com. Please go check out all the great coverage, sports coverage there, NBA and otherwise. So that'll do it for us here in this episode of Cash Considerations. H Cowboys Podcast. We'll talk to you guys next time. This is last year's Bulls. It's not last year's Bulls. Ladies and gentlemen.